This is Saving Grace, Living in the Light of God's Love, a broadcast ministry of Grace Center for Spiritual Development and Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world, committed to the truth of Scripture and life application through the lens of grace. And now, our program. Hello, I'm Carmen Pate, your host for today's program. For all who believe in Jesus for forgiveness of sins, an eternity with Him, we've been given a beautiful relationship into the family of God. But no relationship is quite like that between the Father and the Son. As we continue our series on the uniqueness of Christ, we're going to closely examine that heavenly relationship. Mark Ray is back to help us make life application for our personal walk with Christ and our relationship to others. Mark is Vice President of Community Development here at Grace and the Executive Director of the Grace Center for Spiritual Development. Mark holds a Master of Biblical Studies from Dallas Theological Seminary and a Master of Divinity and Doctorate of Ministry from Grace School of Theology. He has served churches as an associate pastor, as a lead pastor, and has served as COO of a major evangelistic ministry. Welcome back, Mark. Thank you, Carmen. Great to be back. Oh, this has been fun. I'm looking forward to today's. You know, last week we discussed uh, the unique reality of Jesus. He existed before time, in time, is exalted for all the time. Uh, But there's nothing more beautiful than looking at the relationship between God the Father and Christ the Son. Mm -hmm. And what might be surprising to some is how very public the Father and the Son are in voicing their love and devotion to one another. So I'd love for us to explore some of those moments, uh, if we could, because it sort of sets a stage for the rest of our discussion today. Sure. Two very unique um, and public expressions of that, obviously Jesus' baptism and the transfiguration, where we get roughly the same statement from God. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Um, In fact, at the transfiguration, it's in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. That's right. So disciples, pay attention. James, Peter, and John, you're there. Pay attention because Jesus is getting ready to tell you something important. And Jesus there says, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to die. I'm going to be raised on the third day. Do you think they heard him? Mm. No. (laughs) We know that by their reaction. exactly. But the public expression of God's love for his son Mm-hmm. At the baptism, the beginning of his ministry, and at the transfiguration, the beginning of the end of his ministry, yes. God publicly declares he loves his son. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Yes. That public statement, what do you think Jesus must have felt? Oh, To hear from heaven on the human side, to hear from heaven, God loves him. Yes, and is well pleased. And is well pleased with what he's done. We're going to get into that second part here in just a minute. But we also know that Jesus expressed his love for the Father, Mm -hmm. this unique relationship, time and time Mm. and time. In fact, I'll just give it to you. Mm -hmm. In, In Matthew, he called him my father in Matthew 7, Matthew 10, Matthew 11, Matthew 12. 15, 16, 18, 20, 25, 26. Uh, Just in Matthew alone, these are the times that Jesus called him my father. Mm-hmm. My father. That term of endearment, yes. that term of love, that term of, of connectivity to his father mm-hmm. is really public. And Jesus says it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a really 
huge dose of it in his priestly prayer in John 17. Yes, he says, I and the Father are one, but his love for the Father becomes incredibly evident yes. in his prayer and his prayer over the disciples, but his prayer to the Father on behalf of himself and on behalf of his disciples. Yes. Beautiful language mm -hmm. for Jesus expressing the love he has for his Father. And, and it's unique that he called the Father, my Father, correct? No, I mean, no it's doubt. not like there were, you go through the Old Testament, you can't find anyone calling well, my what Father. Well, what you do hear for the nation at <clears throat> times is Father God. Yes, You do yes. hear that. But the, the claim mm -hmm. of him being my Father is first really accentuated by Christ himself. Mm. He is my Father. Mm. Father. Now you get in Psalm 23, you get David who expresses, this is my Lord. Yes. But my Lord is a very different statement than the yeah. intimacy of my Father. No doubt about that. Yeah. So oh, uh, just yes. beautiful expression. And they yes, made it. And, yes. and the thing that we get is we get to experience the simple fact that they publicly made it known mm. that they belonged to one another and they loved one another. Yes. They made that very public. Yes, yes, yes. Well, again, the, the, the father says, I'm well pleased. And this is the beginning of Christ's ministry on earth. Uh, it's not like there's a list of accomplishments that we know about. Uh, so this is very unusual It's to, to the human mind. Why was he well pleased? What had Christ done to this point? It's a great question. We would look at it, what accomplishments? What has he done? His ministry hasn't even started yet. Why in the world would the Father publicly announce that he was pleased? Until you take into consideration this one thing. He's roughly 30 years old. What's he been doing for 30 years? He agreed to come down and enter into his creation. Mm -hmm. He agreed to be born as a baby. Thank he you. agreed to be born into humility, into a very lower class family. Mm -hmm. He agreed He agreed to actually become one of us. Yes. And then he spent 30 years in obedience to the... If, if it had been me, by the time I was 10, I'd be shouting to everybody, I'm God, here I am. <laughs> That's right. But no, he, yeah. he is in obscurity, mm. learning a trade, doing mm. what his father did. Just think of that over and over again, the yeah. obedience that it took for Christ to actually be silent yes. about yes. who he was until God said, it's time to release you. Mm. Would the father be pleased with that? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think the father would just be would just be thrilled and pleased yeah. that his son, God himself, the reality of who he is, still walked in the humility mm. that that he didn't yes. come out and perform miracles at three years old. Right, right, <laughs> so, exactly. You know, so I'll show you what I can yes. do. Right? So I think I think a huge part of his yeah. accomplishment was the fact that he was obedient yes. to the father's will. Yes. And, you know, he was obedient to his earthly parents. Absolutely. Which, no question. Which, again, he, Loved didn't, them. he didn't have to be. But he knew it was the right thing to do, and he always did the right thing. Yes, right? always did the right thing. And and even to the extent of learning a trade to support the family. We we only yeah. know, for instance, Joseph, we only know up to about age 12 that Joseph was in his life. We don't know what happened to him mm -mm. after age 12, but we do know that at some point in time, Joseph leaves the scene. Yeah. We think died. 
Christ then becomes the head of the household, which means he's responsible for caring for Mary. She's still around? Absolutely. She's yeah. still there? Yes, Jesus did the obedient thing to mm-hmm. care for his mother, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, again, the human side of that yeah. says he did it right. Yes. And do you think also that that the father pointed this out publicly and, and verbally uh, because Christ should be our model. Sure. And we all want to hear, well, please, good and faithful yes. servant, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and I'll even take it to the extent, think about him hanging on the cross. Yeah. yeah. Who does he care for? Yeah. Cares he's still he's mother. still the oldest son. Yeah. The Jewish tradition was yeah. the oldest son cares for the mother. And yeah. what does he do on the cross as he's dying? Mm. He says, I'm still going to care for you, Mom. That's right. Here's John. That's right. John, here's you your imagine? new responsibility. Mm. I just, it's, I mean, mm. it's a beautiful picture it of is. that love pouring forward. Oh, it is. It is. And, you know, Jesus always gave preference to the Father, it seemed. He never took credit for himself. Uh, that had to have pleased the Father, certainly. But uh, but don't you think also that the idea of humility and submission were important for Christ? I say it was important for the Father to see the Son modeling these things. But it was important for Christ, who is God, but as as uh, as human to to again share with us that it can be done. It yes. can be done in my humanness. I was obedient, right? Uh, well, best example of that go to the upper room. Mm. So in the upper room, yeah. what does he continue to express? What does a servant look like? Yeah, the humility of a servant. He who will be first will be last. And he does this in the face of the disciples standing there wondering who's going to be the greatest. Yeah. Well, he comes in and he basically puts that to shame and says, let me show you who's going to be the greatest. Mm. It's who is the greatest servant. Who yeah. is who has yeah. the humility to serve one another? Let me show you how to serve one another. He washes their feet. Yeah. There's, there's, so, there's so much richness in just that little bit mm. of that story. Mm-hmm. But then he moves on from there and he says in John... Uh, John 13, 34 and 35, he says, here's the commandment. I've just expressed it to you. Let me show you the commandment. The commandment is to love one another as I have loved you. Now, let's let's just Mm. unpack that for just a moment. As I have loved you, how did Jesus love the disciples? Mm. Perfectly. Mm. Perfectly. So the command to us is to love one another perfectly. Perfectly. The beautiful part about that is he spends chapter 14 and chapter 15 and chapter 16 and chapter 17 in John mm-hmm. expressing what God has provided for us to be able to follow that commandment. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of what God has done through the Son for us to express that humility in love, to express that humility of servanthood, mm-hmm. to express mm-hmm. that humility of serving one another. And Christ is the perfect example of that. Mm, he truly is. He truly is. Well, we uh, we were speaking last week about Jesus' claims to be equal yes. with God. Uh, and it, that relationship was so close between them and their love was expressed for one another. Uh, but 
he also is able to express that equality without taking away anything from yes. God the Father, right? I mean, it's truly, uh, he's bringing glory to the Lord uh, even by saying that, that he is equal with God because yes. he is God. And, and think about it from this standpoint. He's saying I'm equal to God, but let me show you I'm going to be obedient to him. Yeah. And so what did he do? Well, we get, we get him standing up in the temple and reading the Old Testament prophecy about what the Messiah would come and do. And then countless times in the scriptures, especially in the Gospels, it is, I'm doing exactly what I came to do. I'm doing yeah. exactly what the Father told me to do. He, yes. is, he gave deference to the Father, even though he was equal to the Father. Right. He gave deference to the Father all the time. Yes. I don't do it unless the Father tells me. I do exactly what the Father tells me to do. Th that consistency of his obedience to the Father, it's what's there. Did he forgive sins? Yeah. Yes, he was called to do yeah. that. Did he heal? Yes, yeah. he was called to do Did he proclaim uh, uh, freedom to the captives? Yes, he did that. Did he mm -hmm. proclaim the gospel? Yes, he did that. These are all the things that the Father said, go do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he said it through the prophetic word of the scriptures of the Old Testament, this is what the Messiah is going to come do. Yes. Did he do that? Absolutely. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. So he was, in showing that humility to the Father, he was actually proclaiming the Father time and time mm -hmm. and time and time again. Yes. So the beauty of that relationship, let, let me put it this way. I'm going to use a quick illustration. Mm -hmm. Years and years ago, I was in sales uh, in, in the company that my father built. Mm. And so as my father was beginning to phase himself out, I would go and take over some of his, some of his customers. Yeah. So I was be, I'd be selling to his customers. And I, it, it used to bother me that there would be people that would say, oh, you, you talk just like him. Oh, you act just like him. Mm. Until I began to find out one day that there was no greater compliment than mm. somebody could give me than I see your father in you. Yes. Think about uh, what, what must have felt like for Jesus to be expressing the Father mm. and, and being able to say, people see the Father in Christ. Mm -hmm. They see the Father in Him. It means He's doing exactly what He was supposed to do, and yes. He's doing it so well that He actually now is the visible manifestation of the invisible God. Oh, yeah, I love that. And I love that analogy and uh, sharing your personal uh, experience with that. <laughs> and, and, you know, the, one of the things that popped up in, in my mind, and I hadn't planned on, on mentioning this, but uh, that equality that was between the father and the son, uh, yet they they were submissive, or he, Christ was submissive to the Father. They had their roles. They had yes. certain things they were to do, which is so beautifully reflected in marriage yes. uh, and what God intends in marriage, yes. right? Just, again, that equality, but different roles. There's got to be a leader, and the leader, of the, you know. Well, and, but even to that extent, go yeah. all the way back to the garden. Yeah. How's the relationship described? The woman is the... Help me. Helpmate. Okay, yeah. so what does that really mean? That means the one who comes alongside, mm -hmm. the one who is side by side. Yes. And if we if we view it that way, that there is this, there is an equality because we're all in Christ, yes. and in Christ we're all equal. Right. But within that, there are different roles. Mm -hmm. And so if I see that, am I playing my role? Yeah. Did Christ play the role? Yes. Was yeah. he God? Absolutely. Could he have said, no, I'm not going to do that? Sure. He had every right to do that. Mm -hmm. But he didn't. But he didn't. He didn't. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, we, I think you have mentioned before, and I think it'd be good to revisit the idea that um, Christ claimed to be God publicly. And tr- actually, that is what sent him to the cross, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. yeah, we talked about this a little bit last yeah. week. but So here he is, six, six mock trials. Yeah. Joke of a trials, I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Six trials. He is actually proclaimed innocent in those trials. What convicts him is his claim to be God. That's what actually convicts him. You realize if Jesus had never said a word, he would never have gone to the cross. Mm. Yeah. If he'd never said a word, but what does he do? Jesus, and they're getting ready to pronounce him. Innocent. Yeah, Pilate's going to find yeah. nothing in him. Yeah. And yet he quotes Daniel. Mm. And he says, the one you're seeing coming on the clouds of heaven, that's me. That that prophetic statement of deity is re- that is describing me and of course then the religious leaders tear their robes oh, it's blasphemy yes. and they send him to the cross so it's yes, his own yes. I, I, it one more time it shows you who's in charge yes because he could have gotten off easily many different ways he could have just mm-hmm. stayed silent testimony would have proved he was innocent yeah. he could have called down legions of angels exactly he, yes. he had lots it's of different true. ways yeah. to not go to the cross yeah and yet he does. Yeah. In obedience to the Father, he does. So this, it, it's personally, it's another public explanation of his depth of love for the Father, mm. and also his depth of love for us. Yes, yes, yes. Well, and they want to draw us into that kind of relationship. Absolutely. And that's what's so beautiful about it, Mark. Is not only did they have it, they weren't just trying to keep it for themselves. Well, right. I, and there, there's your here's your second Bible study. Go read John 17 again. Yes, read the yes. priestly prayer and how many times oh, Jesus says, yes. "Bring them in." Yeah. You know, this is the prayer not only for me and the Father. This is the prayer for the disciples, but this is also the prayer for the world. Yes, for the all believers who, who will come. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> in Matthew 28:18, Jesus said, "All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth." So he claimed God's power and authority, and yet he didn't use those things to, work, to thwart the plans of God. <laughs> that is incredible. Yes, think about it from this standpoint. I'm going to give you a laundry list here. He said, "All authority has been given to me. All authority. All authority. How much is all authority?" <laughs> All it, is all. it is all. So did he have a right to say no to coming to earth? Mm. He had all authority. Could he have said, no, I'm not going? Mm. Did he have the right to say no to a humble birth? He could have had a royal birth. Yeah. He said no. Did he say no to 30 years as a carpenter? Mm. Didn't. No. He spent 30 years as no. a carpenter. Humble trade and profession. Yeah. Could he have said no to the garden? Mm. I'm not going to the garden. I'm not going to. not going to do it. <laughs> pray and sweat great drops of blood? He didn't. Could he said no to the cross? Mm-hmm. Yes. The yeah. only man, and I, I believe this, he is the only man who could have not died. Mm. Every one of us will die. He's the only one who could have said no and actually backed up yeah. the claim and not died. Could he have said no to three days of death? Mm. He could have. Yeah. Could he have said no to me? Mm. Oh, he could have. Yeah. He could have said no to me and not done any of this. Yeah. Why did he? <laughs> because he loved the Father and yeah. he loved me. 
Yeah. That that is the unique relationship of Christ mm. the Son to Christ the Father, and ultimately the unique relationship of Christ the Son to me. Yes, yes, he would have done it all if it had just been you or me. Just me, right? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Oh, it's so incredible, so incredible. You've uh, shared a story from the late uh, Pastor D. James Kennedy uh, that really, to me, brings home that goodness of, of God uh, as seen in Jesus. Would you, would you share that story? Sure. Uh, actually, this is James Kennedy who related the story of what happened to him. He said, I remember years ago talking to a man in his home about Christ, and I asked him who he thought Jesus was. Typical response, he got, he's a wonderful man greatest man who ever lived, most loving, most gracious of any people who have ever, any person who's ever walked the face of the earth. And then Kennedy looked at him and said, well, let me tell you something I believe will startle you. Did you know, according to the scriptures and to historic Christian faith, that Jesus of Nazareth, the carpenter of Galilee, was and is the eternal creator of the universe, the omnipotent, omniscient, and almighty God? Instantly, he says, the man's eyes filled with tears. He was about 55 or 60 years old, and he said, I have been in church all my life, and I have never heard this Mm. before. But I have always thought that that's the way it ought to be, that God ought to be like Jesus. (laughs) Doesn't that just put an interesting twist, an interesting uh, perspective on this? Yeah. That equality with God means... God looks like Jesus, and Jesus looks like God. And when you look at how they publicly displayed that, when you look at how they privately displayed that and how they treated one another, when you look at both of them desiring and loving their creation so much that the Father was willing to send the Son, the Son was willing to die, the Father was willing to allow it Mm -hmm. and allow that separation. When you think about it in those terms, you see how good and gracious mm. and loving God is yes and Christ is you just you you see the beauty of all of that and and if that doesn't if that doesn't take each one of us and mm. say to each one of us that's how God feels about you you begin to see the perspective of the worthiness yeah. of God's creation through Christ in each one of us yes 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 and and you know to to bring the holy spirit into this as well obviously the trinity but what a beautiful thing that they would want to transform us into yes. the image of Christ. Well, I, think think about it from this standpoint. Yeah. If we if we go back to that, so Christ comes to Earth uh-huh. as a humble baby. The Holy Spirit indwells me. If I was the Holy Spirit, there there are few me included would be people that I'd be the Holy Spirit going. I, I'm not sure I want to indwell him. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to be in that home. Right. Oh. I, I had an old pastor friend who used yeah. to say, he, he makes his home in you. The question is, what kind of a home have you prepared for him mm. to indwell? Wow. That, yeah. yeah, that's yeah, big <laughs> wow. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, wow. It's a, it, and, you know, I just I think again about the uh, uh, Christ prayer to the Father, and he so desired the unity. Hmm. 
oh, you know, you know, the, the unity that they enjoyed. It's like, oh, I want them to enjoy it. You yes. know, the love that we enjoy, we want them to to. I want them yeah. to be. I want them to be a part of this. Yes. Yeah. And and for the reason though, Mark, so that the world will know that you sent me just yes. by seeing that unity and love among the people who believe and. Um, wow, to me that that is convicting too. Yes, it's like they did their part. <laughs> uh, so now we're called to do our part to yes. to reflect that unity and love. Well, you know, Mark, there might be someone listening who would ask how a loving God could send His Son, whom He loved, to die on that cross for a sinful man like me and you. <laughs> In closing. How would you respond and how would you encourage? There is a very simple response. Yeah. Because he loves you. It is it is the only response that makes sense. Because it doesn't make sense that the God of the universe would send the son that he loves to die for somebody who doesn't love him. Yeah. There's only one answer to that, and that is that God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever believes whoever believes in that love whoever believes in that work of the son on behalf yeah. of the father will have eternity with him that what it proves to us is that god's desire for us to be with him is so overpowering mm. that he was mm. willing to mm. send his son in order to make that happen mm. so as you said they've done their part <laughs> we have a responsibility yeah. on our part to hear that to understand it and yes. to trust in that yes so yes. that we could have that eternal relationship and you know i think too mark when you consider you know muhammad didn't do that buddha <laughs> didn't do that you know uh I mean, we could just go down the line of, of the, the false prophets yes. and uh, uh, only, only God the Father, only Jesus the Son and the Holy Spirit yes. working together would do such an incredible thing out of love. Out of love. Out of, out of love. love. Yep. It's so beautiful. Well, we've looked at the reality of Christ. Uh, today, we've looked at that relationship. What's to come? What are we still going to be talking about? Well, there's there's a couple more in this series. Yeah. I'm not going to... Okay. I, I, yeah, we're going to leave right. that. We'll tease it. We're going right. to leave that to come back and join us again. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. But I really appreciate the insight that you provided today. Looking forward to continuing this series. Uh, how important it is for us to be reminded that God calls Jesus Son that Jesus claims equality with God, that he claims the power and the authority of God because he is God and he is good. Our prayer is that the unique relationship of Jesus with the Father has strengthened your faith in who Christ is and draws you to a more intimate relationship uh, with Christ the Son. As you pursue to know him more, let us help you. We're making available a study guide for the entire series on the uniqueness of Christ. You can get it uh, by simply downloading it at gsot.edu forward slash center. It's, uh, that's gsot.edu forward slash center. We're going to be making this series available for personal study or small group through Grace on Demand, found on the Grace app or on our website. 
We are so glad that you have tuned in today. Always remember that the love of Christ can never be earned and it can never be lost. You've been listening to Saving Grace. For more information about Grace Center for Spiritual Development or this program, visit our website at gsot.edu slash center or download the Grace app through your smartphone. Views expressed on this program may not always be the views of Grace School of Theology or its leadership.